0: Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions.
1: Justin and Steve love the show. This is William from Kentucky. Calling about an ETF. Vickers Oil Services ETF.
0: I'll listen on the podcast. And provides unbiased answers. Now,
2: oil services are going to be needed. They're going to be needed for a long time. And I think prices will probably go up.
0: Invest Talk. Over 30 million downloads and counting.
3: Hi, Stephen, Justin. This is Selena from Minneapolis. I have about $45,000 in cash right now. I'm looking to probably invest it in purchasing a home, but I'm not quite ready yet.
0: Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART.
4: This podcast is produced by... KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast.
2: Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, March 26, 2021. And of course, on today's program, like every program and podcast we do, our mission statement is the same, and we state it every day. And that is independent thinking and shared success. This is your insurance that the information we provide, the market reporting we give, the the stock analysts analyzing that we do, which is just a very short, very quick look at the basic numbers. It's not an in-depth. We can't do that on the the air. We just can't. And anything education we give, all those things we do with the intent to give you information that you can use. Proper information, good information, solid information. And we will continue to do that. We'll do that every program. I'm Steve Peasley, and of course, I encourage you to contact us with your financial and investment questions. Yes, you get to shape the show in any direction you want it to go. As long as it's financial, I'll go with you. Just make sure you shape it that way. Okay? So, but... You know, without you, the show is pretty, bar- pretty darn boring. You you drive it. So I, I really encourage you to give us a call. But let's go ahead and get started. The number, by the way, is 888-99-CHART. That's our number. You can call right now. We're live, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday, 888-992-4278. Hello,
1: Steve and Justin. This is Michael from Redlands. I'm calling about some advice about going to the value side of mutual funds i know you guys have both been talking about the market is making a shift and that is very evident as of right now but uh, i think the value side would be a good long-term play seven to ten years before i retire anyway the ticker symbol i'm interested in is a a t-roll price value mutual fund trvlx is a ticker symbol to greatly appreciate your guys advice and uh very entertaining as well thank you
2: yeah that's t-roll price value fund um and mutual funds, ETFs, if they have the name, uh, the word value in their name, that tells you that they are not a growth fund, but a value fund. So if you wanted to play the value side of the market, you would look for those ETFs or mutual funds that have that word in them. So you could have a small cap value fund, mid cap value, large cap value, or just like T. Rowe Price just has the word value. So we need to look into their perspective to see exactly what they mean by value, but we have to be careful. You want to read what they say about the value stocks they purchase. Sometimes they wander from their from their prospectus to some degree, and sometimes the perspective says, "Well, sixty percent of the stocks in the in the in the portfolio will be value, but we will do the uh, we will buy other things." So you kind of read the prospectus to see exactly what the T-Row Price Value Fund has. Okay? Thanks for the question. Appreciate that. Uh, let's go to Jake from Los Angeles. How are you doing, Jake? I'm great. How are you? Good. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it.
3: Um, so I'm looking to buy into the medical device space, but I was wondering whether or not to go with maybe a mid-cap like Globus Medical, GMED, or a big giant like Stryker SYK. Wondering your thoughts.
2: Let's take a look at Stryker because I, I just happened to punch that one up fat first. Developed orthopedic implants, surgical instruments, imaging systems, operating room and emergency equipment. They are a ninety billion dollar company, so they're very large. They're gonna they they have been very consistent on making more money every year, except for two thousand twenty. They dipped a little bit because of COVID. Uh, so like in two thousand nineteen, they made eight dollars and 20 cents a share and then two thousand twenty-seven seven dollars and 43 cents and now nine dollars this year and ten dollars and 30 cents in 2022 so they're on a very good path based on 2022 earnings their pe is about 24 or so it's a 241 forty-one dollar stock and 24 is not bad that's kind of in the middle so it's not a, it's it's not cheap but it's not expensive, really, based on based on next year's earnings. Not this year, but next year's. All the fundamentals of the company are very strong. They pay 1.8% dividend. They have a really good return on equity of 22%. Management owns 7% of the company. And that's a lot when it's a $90 billion company. It's a lot that the management owns. And mutual funds are slowly buying it. So I kind of like Striker a lot. Appreciate the call. Thanks. Thanks, Jake. So uh, why am I doing this podcast? Why do I do it? I like doing it for one reason. But I, I know a lot of people need strategies, need some help, want some answers. And it's hard to get answers. And I guarantee you, if I ask the people listening to the show and say, well, where do you get your information? Where do, Who tells you things? Where, do you, do you, can you talk to somebody? And they'll say no. Because, you know, no one really tells you or explains to you how things really work. and. and you know, I'm talking about in an unbiased way, without trying to sell you something. So that, that's one of the things that we talk about here today. Today's trivia question concerns the story of a dramatic black swan market event. It caused a company's share value to skyrocket in one day. So that's going to be the trivia question. Since it's Friday, I also share some brief highlights of the newsletter, the KPP premium newsletter we send out every Friday. So how did the market do today? It had a really good day. It started off fairly broad strong, broadly strong, meaning both the Nasdaq, the Dow and the S&P were strong. It ended up stronger. Dow ended up up 453 points, the Nasdaq up uh, 161 and the S&P up 65. So my question is, do you think the Correction is over? Because we had a more than 10% correction, not much more, but more than a ten percent correction in the NASDAQ. In the in the Dow is only three three percent. So you know, this correction seems to be a correction targeting the big tech stocks and the tech industry there. So we'll see. We don't know if we're done, but it's possible we'll see okay um, so well well the weekend is here are almost here everybody and we're headed into a break so get your questions this is Friday get your questions in get your market questions in before the end of the week and you know we're coming up on the end of the quarter so give me a call
0: we are live
2: 888 99 charge
0: Invest Talk listeners are invited to join Justin Klein as he participates in Finance Podcast Week, March 26th through the 28th. You can hear a variety of live stream panels and exclusive episodes. In fact, Justin will host a special live stream panel on Saturday, March 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But you've got to register in advance. Head over to Podbean.com podcastweek. Slash finance to register. Use the code INVESTTALK for a free pass.
2: 888 99 chart, 888 992 4278. So, what do you guys want to talk about? My focus point today concerns a question Will there be a strong demand for office space in a post COVID return to work phase? Do you think there will be? You know, like uh, WeWorks. Do you know? Did you hear that they're doing going public? Uh, they had 859 locations in 151 cities globally last November. Okay, and their CEO claims COVID was a tailwind to their business. I don't get that at all. Is he right? We're going to dig into that. We really are. And, you know, Friday on Fridays, I usually give you some quick rundown of some key benchmarks real fast. The two-year Treasury yield, 0.137%. Last week was 0.14, so the yield went down. Um, uh, The 10-year Treasury, uh, 1.63. Last week was 1.7, so that went down too. Okay, so that's what we have. Gold. $17.42 $17.42 an ounce. Last week was $17.45. So pretty much didn't do anything. Just kind of stagnant. And silver was $25.07 per ounce. Last week it was $26.21. So that went down a little bit. Oil was selling at $61. It was $60.55 last week. And the national average for gasoline, $2.86. And of course, in California, where I live, it's three dollars and eighty-eight cents. You notice we're always about a dollar more than everybody else, than the average dollar. And of course, the cheapest place was Wisconsin, two dollars sixty-four cents. Why would Wisconsin be so cheap? It just doesn't seem right. There's no is there oil in Wisconsin? I don't know. Okay, let's keep things moving. We're going to go back to the InvestTalk Voice Bank to a question that came in earlier from Ohio.
1: Justin and Steve love the show. This is William from Kentucky calling about an ETF. Want to get into the oil sector. Probably a little late to the game, but I still think there's a lot of uh, upside for the U.S. world economy and going to drive oil prices higher later this year. I'm looking at an ETF, Vickers Oil Services ETF. Symbol is O I H looks like it's made up of oil service companies, and uh, I did look it up at Morningstar, and it didn't give it a real good rating. I've read some uh, reviews on it and looked at it, and it's highly recommended as a place to be if you're wanting to get in the oil sector. So just want to see what your thoughts were on it, and uh, I'll listen on the podcast. Thank you.
2: Okay, uh, not from Ohio, from Kentucky, but that's okay. Uh, it is OIH's Venig Vector Oil Services ETF exchange traded fund seeking results corresponding to the market vectors US listed oil services 25 index. Okay, so it's oil services. So my problem with oil services is that we have such a hostile uh, governmental environment. For oil companies. Now, oil services are going to be needed. They're going to be needed for a long time. And I think prices will probably go up. But I don't know if I would do this at this point. The reason why is, well, if I was to get into this kind of thing, I'd want a better dividend than 1%. I want a higher dividend pay payout because you're probably not going to have a lot of growth. You know, remember, where everybody wants to go clean energy so all the car new cars being built in the next 5 10 years from now will be almost all electric so you know you got to be careful of what of the oil sector not that i'm saying you don't be in the oil sector i think you need to be in the oil sector right now but not this kind of i don't know i'm not keen on this this etf i believe okay let's see if we can get one more quick question in before the break
3: Hi, my name is Joe from San Jose. I had a question on ticker FANG, F-A-N-G. Just want to know when's a good time to uh, get in. Thanks. Bye.
2: Okay, this is uh, Diamondback Energy, symbol F-A-N-G. Engage in oil and gas exploration and production of unconventional onshore oil and gas in the Permian Basin. So, you know, fracking. Right, and uh, This is another one that I would be very careful of um, simply because of the hostile government again. They're going to make money this year at $7.13 after making $3.04 last year. The year before, $6.45. So next year, they're going to make $9.12 into the $75 stock. So it's fairly inexpensive, really. It, it is. It's, you know, what, 8 uh eight and a half PE. Uh, I think that's pretty a reasonable price. It pays a two point one percent dividend. It's a twelve billion dollar company. I don't like the return on equity only being four percent. That's really low. But cash flow is very strong at eleven dollars and twenty nine cents. And I do like it pays a decent dividend. So I, I I like it much better than the previous caller. It's not my favorite, but I like it better. Okay, you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And for investors, the need to remain vigilant always exists. It never ends. So the calendar says 2021, and we know there will be many changes coming. So naturally, you will have finance and investment questions, I would think. And now your participation in the show is always very important, right? You know I say that all the time. We really want your participation. So we're taking your calls live at 888-99Chart.
0: Steve and Justin have recorded a special bonus podcast. It's a fast-paced learning podcast for the average investor. It's free, so be sure to tell your friends. It can be downloaded now at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and InvestTalk.com. Look for Rapid Fire Hour.
2: 888-99-CHART, my focus point today uh, about... Uh, um, Will there be a strong demand for off-base in a post-pandemic, post-COVID environment? Now, the CEO of uh, WeWorks thinks it will. He thinks it's going to have a huge growth spurt, and I think he will have people using WeWorks because they're flexible as far as size, and office, and you know. But we, I, I do think we have a permanent shift. From workers working from home, I think we're going to see more workers working from home, even after the COVID thing is all over, everybody's vaccinated, whatever it is, and it's gone. It's the way history. I think we've seen a permanent shift in and work, workers and and that working from home would become more and more popular. Having said that, I also think that there will be a lot of people using the WeWork kind of space because it lends to um, flexibility. For instance, my office. Uh, we have. I have my employees. Some of them work from home some days a week, and then other days a week they come to the office. But I reduce my office space because I don't need it. So I and I I can only do that because of a flexible workspace. You know. You you know. In other words, I can can shrink it. So anyway, works is going public, but going in a different way. They're gonna you know. Uh, special uh, purposes acquisition company, you know, a blank check company. They're gonna they're gonna enter into that uh, with a valuation of about nine billion dollars. Remember a couple years ago they tried to go public and couldn't? Remember that? So that's what's happening with WeWorks. The their competitor is a place called Spaces. Now I was in a WeWorks and we moved to Spaces because it was cheaper. So what's really nice about these these places is you can move Pretty, you can move pretty simply, with everything being in the cloud these days, and not you know furniture. You don't need to earn furniture; they provide it. Pretty simple to move. You're not really tied to any one place necessarily. Anyways, Fridays are usually very busy, so but we'll try to make take in as many call questions as we can. This came in earlier on our anytime listener line number eight 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 ninety
3: nine chart. Hello, Steve or Justin. This is Drew from Texas. And I just wanted to know, you guys always refer to dollar-cost averaging as something that is useful. I read online that a Vanguard study in 2012 stated that dollar-cost averaging, well, not dollar-cost averaging and investing at one time created a 66% better return than dollar-cost averaging. Now, would you recommend dollar-cost averaging for younger people, say, in their 20s? Because, obviously, they're more able to take more risk than uh, people who are of age maybe 50 or 60s. And would you recommend dollar-cost averaging for younger people or only, you know, after you reach a certain age? Thank you.
2: No, um, I, I read that study too, and it's true. Uh, if you had $100,000 and you put it in right today, or your dollar-cost average at $100,000 over the next two years, getting into the market, over 30 years, what would be, be a better return? And it would be the lump sum. But most people don't have that. This is why we recommend dollar cost averaging. Most people don't have a huge lump sum to invest. You have money coming in every month and you take a portion of that and put it in the market. That's dollar cost averaging. And if you had a lump sum, there's reasons depending on the economic condition you're in at the time you have that lump sum. Should you dollar cost average or should you dump it all in the market quickly? Depends on if the market's overvalued, undervalued, are you in a recession? If you're in a recession, I dump it in right away. So it's not that simple of an answer, and I think young people should dollar cost average and consistently keep putting money in the market as they earn it, and they should keep increasing it as they earn more and more money. So that's what I think you should do. Okay, eight eighty eight ninety nine chart. Let's squeeze in another call. Quick question before the break.
1: Hey, Justin. Hey, Steve. I love the show. My name is Aiden. I'm calling from San Diego. Just wanted to see what you guys thought about Grupo Televisa. The ticker symbol is TV. Tom Victor. Looking to buy some shares. Wanted to see what you guys thought. Thanks so much. I love the show. Bye.
2: My dad was in the Navy, so I grew up in San Diego. He was stationed there, so I know San Diego very, very well. Went to high school, junior high, elementary, junior high, high school, and college, first two years anyways. Uh, in San Diego, anyways, great place. Uh, so let's take a look at the uh, TV. T is in Tom, V is in Victor. Uh, T. Yeah, I'm at. I'm at, I'm buying time because I got to add it. Okay, Grupo Televisa, uh, Mexico, a Mexican uh, company, produces and broadcasts Spanish language television programs in, uh, in Mexico and the United States. Um, they're going to make $0.39 cents a share this year and then $0.40 cents a share next year. It's a $9.55 stock. Okay, so it's about, what, 22, 23 PE? Their sales are shrinking. have been shrinking for two years. No, I wouldn't buy this stock. There's no, no reason to own this company. There really isn't. So, no. T.V. Okay, as we go to break here, I have a Terry question. Black Swan events are scenarios where a company encounters unpredictable experiences. They call it a Black Swan event. Can you name the dramatic Black Swan event that caused the share price of one company to skyrocket by more than 93% in one day? Hint: The situation involved an auto company. At the break, I'll supply the answer, but for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to give me a call eight 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 ninety nine 888 99Chart.
4: Now is a good time to call Invest Talk.
3: My question has to do with insuring residential rental properties.
4: Got a question for Steve or Justin? What do you think a target price to get in would be? You're the best person to ask it. 888 99Chart.
5: Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com, that's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com, HackerOne.com. The markets react
0: to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now, and he's ready to talk with you. Call Invest Talk 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. I asked a trivia question before the
2: break. Can you name the dramatic black swan event that caused the share price of one company to skyrocket by 93% in one day? Hint situation involved an auto company. Black Swan events can help or harm a company. When a Black Swan event occurs, investors realize that their prior, ex- their prior expert, expert expectations were way off base, resulting in short-term volatility. You know, short-term volatility is not bad. It just is. Now, the question is, can you take advantage of it? So, in one of the biggest black swan squeeze uh, short squeezes of all time, automaker Volkswagen became the world's priciest firm over the course of a single trading day. Just before this massive spike, Volkswagen was widely believed to be an independently owned entity. The market held an overwhelmingly bearish outlook on its prospects, and the stock consequently fell victim to an unusually high number of short sellers. Remember, short sellers are selling the stock, hoping it will go down. And then they borrowed it, the stock, sold it at a higher price, hoping it go down, then they'll give it back at a lower price. That's what short sellers do. October 28, 2008, carmaker Porsche suddenly announced it held a 74% ownership share in Volkswagen, which it had recently acquired through derivatives trading. Porsche abruptly took over Volkswagen's operations, and soon after, institutional and individual investors alike scrambled to liquidate their short positions. When you have to get out of a short position to get out, you have to buy the stock back, return the person you buy up. So when you buy the stock back, and there's a ton of people shorting, okay, didn't we just have that with, uh, um, 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 or oh, whatever that company's name, you know, the video company. Um, we just, GameStop, thank you. Yeah, GameStop. Senior moment. So we just had that same situation, right? Short sellers are short. They need to buy the stock to get out of the short because if price goes up, they're losing more and more money and they got to get out. So they buy it, driving stock even up higher. Boom. That's what happens with short selling. Be very careful. Don't, you know, don't mess around with short selling. It's just not, you know, do that to the professionals. Anyways, interesting story. I thought we've got a good pace going, so no reason to slow down. So here's another invest talk caller question, and from Minneapolis, I hope.
3: Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Selena from Minneapolis. I have about forty-five thousand dollars in cash right now. I'm looking to probably invest it in purchasing a home, but I'm not quite ready yet. I'm thinking in like a year or two. Hopefully, the market will come down. My question to you is, would it be wise to invest it in an individual stock market brokerage account in high paying dividend, large value, blue chip stocks, low risk, hopefully be able to use that money as a down payment in about two years, or would it be better to just leave it in cash in like a CD or something like that? I'm looking forward to hearing your answer on the show and thank you very much for all that you do.
2: Bye. Okay, even though you're considering buying big blue-chip dividend-paying stocks and that would be, quote-unquote, safer than other parts of the stock market, it's still not safe. It's risky. So when anybody talks to me about their house money, the money they're saving to buy a house, I tell them to stay away from the stock market. Okay? Because you're going to need that money. You don't – You know what happens in two years from now, the housing market fell down, And the money you invested in the stock market got cut in half because we're in a recession. You can't take advantage of the housing market because you just lost half your money. So no, no, if you're going to need that money with the next few years for buying a house, I'd stay away from the stock market. Leave it safe. That's my, I think that's the smartest thing to do. I've seen, I've seen too many disasters in my lifetime. Okay. Um, okay. The KPP premium newsletter went out. Goes out every Friday, as you know. Market condition section. I explained early in the week. February housing numbers were released, and they were disappointing, but not unexpected. We had bad weather in February, so the economic numbers coming out uh, for the month of February sure don't look very good. So the housing is no difference. I mean, uh, the existing home sales went from six point six down to six point two million. The new construction went from nine hundred forty-eight thousand to seven hundred seventy-five thousand, so we're thinking it might get a bounce back in March, and and other parts of the economy, durable goods report, different reports were also kind of weak. But remember, it was February. Two things: weather, and the coronavirus uh, bonus money that uh, President Trump gave everybody was already spent. February spent in January and earlier. And, of course, we didn't get the new checks out from the new stimulus, and they're just rolling out now. So February wasn't that great. And March, we don't know yet. March might be better because they started reopening the economy nationwide, right? Because the COVID numbers are going down. So we'll see. Okay. Uh, so that was in the, uh, the main section of the newsletter. Portfolio management section. History has taught us that the stock market itself is not the best indicator of the future of future movement in stock prices. The bond market is. So I went on to talk about the bond market a little bit. And it is interesting. The bond traders and bond investors seem to fairly consistently predict the direction of the stock market and of the economy. So, it looks like they might be a, a leading economic indicator. Um, it's you know we've talked about this before, but it, there's only one indicator, many that you have to look at. Okay, stock ideas. Um, I talked about dividend paying stocks. I gave a couple of big name ideas, big names because of the dividends, and you know we're looking at value stocks. And, you know, when do you buy value stocks? Remember, you're not going to get a huge uh, capital appreciation on big dividend-paying value stocks. You're not. So you want to buy them right. You don't want to buy them when they're overvalued. Okay? Um, Let's see. Uh, Also, I talked about um, in the Consumer Watch section, there's been a rise in uh, many cities which have become so expensive. You know, the cost of housing is so expensive. Is there any place left that is still very reasonable or reasonable? And I mentioned a couple of places. Ogden, Utah, the average value of a house, 258000 And they're, they're growing at 8% the value. Uh, Melbourne, Florida, $253,000. they are growing at 7.6% and several others. So, uh, you know, where are you going to retire to? Are you going to retire where you live or you decide? I have my our my, our best friends, my, my wife's best friend, uh, lived in Boston. He worked in Boston for years and years, and he retired to Georgia. Much less costs and a very nice place. So where are you going to retire to? Or are you going to leave at all? So, and when you do make that decision, make sure you're very comfortable Leaving your grandchildren, not your children, your grandchildren, if you have any, because that is very, you know, my experience with clients is that they want to be near their grandchildren. Very, very important. I think it's, I think it's super important. I don't have any kids. I won't have any grandchildren, but I got lots and lots of nieces and nephews, and I want to be around them as they grow up and have their own families, so. Anyway, so you, I would love you to subscribe to our newsletter. It, you can do that by just going to investtalk.com. You'll see, follow the links, you'll see it. So let's grab another caller question, 888-99-CHART.
3: Hey, Steve or Justin, this is Aaron in Nashville, Tennessee, and I had a question about ticker symbol V-A-L-E, Vail. I'm looking to add this to my portfolio as a... Commodity uh, EV play and with the nickel mining, and I was just wondering if this is a good price. I see that it's the PE ratio looks kind of tempting, and just wanted to hear your thoughts. Thanks a lot. I hear Nashville, Tennessee, or Tennessee in and
2: of itself is a great place to retire to. By the way, I have two uh, relatives who—one who moved there a couple of years ago, one who's retiring to there, to the to Tennessee. So we'll have to check that out. I don't think I'm moving, but you never know. Okay, Vale, SA, it's an ADR, everybody, out of Brazil. Brazilian company engaged in the mining and exploration of minerals in Brazil and five other countries. So it's an $85 billion company. It's not small. So it's in the area that I think, commodities area, that I think is going to be, we're in a super cycle of commodities. I think we're in a cycle that's going to last several years, maybe 10 years. I don't know. It's tough to know. Um They're going to make $3.89 this year after making $0.95 last year per share. It's a $16.74 stock. So you can see how inexpensive that is. Okay, what? 6 PE? Now, don't get excited. The low, five-year low in their PE is 4. So, but that is pretty low. Return equity is 13%. They're growing. uh, Before the most recent quarter, the December quarter, they were growing or shrinking in single digits. In December quarter, they grew 48%. Sales grew 48%. So you can tell that they're going to be on a pretty strong trajectory. They pay a 6.8% dividend. My only concern is it's out of Brazil, and you know their the politics in Brazil can interfere with the valuation of stocks, and that's probably why it's so low. But I kind of like it. It's so inexpensive. Like that. Okay. I encourage you to take advantage of our offer, by the way, on our free portfolio uh, review assessment. You know, we talk about it quite often. You know, one of the things we do here at KPP Financial, I invest in the exact same stocks, same percentage, same time as my clients in the various programs we have. So I put my money where my mouth is. Okay, so my performance reflects the client's performance. So if you're interested, give a call to KPP Financial Offices in Irvine, California. And, of course, there is no obligation. If you just want us to look at your portfolio, we'll do that. We will. So you'll notice after speaking with us for 10 minutes or so, you'll begin to see how Justin and I, you know, are different than other companies. We don't push. We just don't. Okay, we can help you. If you need help, we want to help you, we can help you. Even if you don't become a client, we'll still help you. Okay? Okay, we got another call or question up next. You too should give me a call. Ask your questions. 888-99 chart.
0: Invest talk listeners are invited to join Justin Klein as he participates in Finance Podcast Week, March twenty sixth through March twenty eighth. You can hear a variety of live stream panels and exclusive episodes. Panel discussions include topics such as real estate, the markets, cryptocurrency, personal finance in the pandemic, the money mindset, and more. Justin's special live stream panel will be presented on Saturday, March 27th at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So head over to podbean.com slash slash finance to register we've allocated free passes for the first 100 people to register use the code invest talk for a free pass so head over to podbean.com slash week slash finance hurry registration ends march 26th hey there uh gabriel
3: from texas calling thank you for everything your team does and for making me financially confident I'm 22, have a little over 10000 in my diversified Roth IRA. My two questions are if you can shed some more light on if there's any tax penalties on uh, pulling out initial contributions. Not that I plan to. And in your opinion, what percentage of my portfolio should be reserved on the side for, um, you know, buying dips and stuff? Thank you again.
2: Okay. Uh, no, stay in the market. You stay in the market, stay fully invested. At this point, I don't think you should have very much at all on the sidelines. Um, but generally, we like to have you know at least five percent uh, ready to invest at any one time, and we'll grow that. We'll, you know, if we feel a recession is imminent, that we that might go to twenty percent. But generally speaking, we you want to stay fully invested as much as possible. Now, that means you rebalance though. Doesn't mean you just sit and never do anything. You rebalance your portfolio. if Certain stocks go too high, or get out, get out of line. Yeah, you got, you got to, you got to at least be aware of the cycles of the market and what sectors are leading and why. You can't just be ignorant of what's happening. Okay, let me rephrase that. You can be ignorant of what's happening, and you can just stay and buy and hold and never bother that portfolio for thirty years. You could do that, and you'll be fine, as long as you have a diversified portfolio. Maybe the indexes. You'll be fine. But if you want to be a little sharper, you should be paying attention. And whenever we're getting into recession, invest more money. Whenever you're really, really happy and your your stocks have done really, really well, take a little off the top. Put it aside, like for a rainy day, to invest in stocks later on. That would be a wise thing to do. Okay, good question though. 888 99 Chart. This is best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, never changes, and it's help you achieve financial freedom. And of course, the work will continue after this break. So get your questions in. 888 99 Chart.
4: Question for Steve or Justin? I'm calling
3: to ask you an opinion on an ETF called XLI. And the question is during a market downturn, do dividends stay fairly steady? And I've got a question
1: about
2: warrant shares. I think that's the right term. A warrant is a right to buy shares of stocks at a certain price.
4: What's your question? Now is a good time to call InvestTalk 888-99-chart.
0: This is Invest Talk. Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Is it delivering the types of gains you want and need to achieve financial freedom? Well, turn up the volume because there are many questions that deserve unbiased answers. And Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your calls live. 888 99 Chart. Hey, this is Brian. I am a new
3: an investor a few years ago i started investing and then i started my own business so i pulled out all my money that i invested and i was doing zero investing i'm considering myself a new investor because about a few weeks ago i decided i want to start investing again and taking some money out of my business so i'm looking to build a portfolio i'm not looking for the the most um basic type of investment where it's uh, the least risk, because I am looking to make some high returns, but at the same time, I'm not looking to risk losing a significant amount of money. I'm looking to save up to buy a house maybe uh, within the next uh, year. So, I'm going to be putting a lot of money in, but, you know, rather my money work than just sitting in an account doing absolutely nothing. So, if you can please advise on um, how to go about it, which stocks I should be looking into, um, I'd greatly appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Well, I would look at value stocks, of course, and uh, dividend-paying stocks because they are safer, but they're not safe, as I said earlier. If it's house money, I don't think you should invest in the stock market at all. I think you should have that money set aside for the house. Invest money in the market that you want to invest long-term. Okay, A year or two, what happens, as I said before, if we're in a recession in two years? Your money gets cut in half or third or whatever, and that's the time you want to use the money to buy the house. So the stock market is a risky place to be, no matter where you go, no matter how much safety you think you have. There is no safety in the stock market. It's risky, risky, even in the most safest, safe stocks. You want some examples of how that happens? How about GM filing bankruptcy in 2008 or nine? I don't remember what year. Every stockholder. GM, General Motors, every stockholder lost everything. GM, been around 100 plus years. Do you think it's safe? Or GE? Look at GE over the years. What happened to them? GE used to be the perennial buy GE. That's your grandfather's stock that you just never have to sell. Well, some more. How about current examples? What do you think ExxonMobil and Chevron are going to be ten, twenty years from now? When every car out there is going to be every new car will be electric? At least that's what the goal is, right? Politically, what do you think this, the oil companies are going to do? See, so you can't you can't say stocks are safe. I never say that. Okay, we're coming down to the wire. The weekend is here. I think we have just enough time for one more question. Eight 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 ninety nine, 99 chart
1: Hi, this is Jim in Concord. Um, love your show, you and Steve, you and Justin. Thanks for all the knowledge. I have a question. I need to know how does the warranty work instead of buying the stock? Said, uh, do I buy the stock and the warranty or just the stock itself? I'd like to know how the warranty
2: works. I'll take your answer
1: on the podcast.
2: Thank you. I think you're talking about warrants, not Warranty. Warrants. Warrants is can be you know, especially if you're a new IPL. Sometimes, the issue you buy a stock, they'll give you warrants. Warrants is the right to buy the stock at a certain price within a certain period of time. Okay, so if you buy a stock or buying a warrant, and you can trade warrants to other people too. You can you can trade them. It is a right to buy a certain number of shares with a certain at a certain price over a certain period. That's generally how the warrants work. Not every stock. Matter of fact, very few warrants are issued, but they are common. They are fairly common with uh, mediocre IPOs to to attract people to the IPO. Here, you buy ten thousand shares. We'll give you a thousand warrant thousand share warrants at this price at this time. Blah blah blah. Because the warrants are a fraction of the the cost of the actual shares. You know, you get them for free. But they have a value, right? They would, based on the you know, how long the warrants left, how what the strike price is, all those things, like an option kind of thing. Okay. So good question though. And they're called warrants, not warranty. Warrants. I'm Steve Peasley, and that completes another InvestOp program. Justin Klein, and I thank you for listening and encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. We post a new program each weekday shortly after the end of our live streaming broadcasts, which concludes at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 to 5 Pacific Time, Monday through Friday. Get your free downloads anytime, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, VestTalk.com. I appreciate if you rated us as well. Independent thinking, share success. This is The Vest Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody.